In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season four. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. Nothing that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. Feel Good Friday is full go. It is September 9th. Football, NFL football is back. We are recapping the electric night that would just happen in SoFi Stadium over there in Los Angeles, California. Seth Woolcock, Nate Polvo back with you tonight, bringing the vibes. Nate, this is a very, very special episode of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm happy to have you here with me, my friend. Every Friday, buddy. In two and a half years of doing this together, that's the first time you've screwed up my name. I know. How about it? I just like to throw that out there. What do you know? Weird things, man. But I'm stoked to be here on Friday. Stoked to be here every Friday, guys. We're going to be here every Friday. We're going to be dropping some knowledge for you to get ready for the weekend. I'm stoked to be here. You know, Nate, we kind of talked about it a little bit and, you know, this podcast has been around. This is now, I believe, our fourth season of the podcast and we've always been a weekly in-season show. One show a week, we tried to get in as much information as we could, but this season, man, me and you, we wanted to ramp it up. We said, let's get the IBT family in here two times a week. Let's get them all the information they need on injuries, waiver wire, we kind of do earlier in the week. So today it's going to be focused on Thursday night football recap and then we're going to talk start sits. Um, Nate, we have some really awesome guests tonight, too, that I'm really excited to get into. We do. We've got Eric Romoff, who is from Pros with Joes. We're very excited to have him. He's at Fantasy Nav on Twitter. Then we've got Ryan Weiss. He is from Club Fantasy. He does a little bit of stuff for uh, football guys as well. He is at Fantasy 5 on Twitter. Stoked to have these guys today. Yeah, and Nate, you know, I think the vibe of today's show is we really want to be relaxed. We really want to let it flow as we're kind of talking about this. We're normally a very segment-oriented show, but for the first little bit here, I just thought, you know, you and I, let's riff, man, because so much has happened in just 24 hours um, in the fantasy football landscape. Things have shifted all over the place. Um, And before we jump in, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to, we were supposed to have our our guest Dale DeMont of Eat Sleep Mm -hmm. Fantasy on today. He unfortunately came down with some kidney stones. So uh, Dale, we're hoping you get better soon, man. Uh, Kidney stones are no fun, Nate. No, I've never had them. Fortunately, I'm getting to an age where that might be more of a thing for me down the road. But uh, we wish Dale well, man. Feel better. Sorry you couldn't be here today, but we'll have you on again soon. Got to lay, lay off those uh, Diet Cokes, Dale. You know, that's what I hear <laughs> does those kidney stones, man. Some DCs, some Diet Cokes. So, uh, Dale, we, we wish you nothing but the best. But, Nate, we do have a football game to recap for the first time in what feels like forever. And let's Seriously. start here, man. It was a wild one right out of the gate. The Rams, they, they scored all their points in the second quarter of this Thursday night matchup. Seven turnovers total for, for both the Bills and the Rams combining there, which is kind of unlike both of them. Um, but Buffalo, they never punted in this game. Their offense was electric. The only time they did not do so well is when they turned the ball over. So, Nate, what was your actual thoughts um, on the overall game and or production of the game over there on NBC? Well, you know, I thought it was interesting Matthew Stafford led the league in interceptions last year. So the throwing interceptions wasn't a surprise. He didn't get as much work as some of these other quarterbacks got. It's a Thursday night game, first game of the season, one less preseason game, and it showed. Uh, the, both of these teams looked <clears throat> rough at times. Obviously, the Rams looked tougher. I mean, they lost Andrew Whitworth, and I think that that might be more impactful than we thought. I, this Rams team is going to be better than we saw. I mean, Allen Robinson had two targets. Two targets the whole game. Cooper Cup went off, which wasn't unexpected. 
the Los Angeles running back room is a mess. Cam Akers had three carries, but Buffalo looked like the better team. And Josh Allen looked like an MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. There was a lot that we are going to break down a little more in depth. Nate, any bad beats for you last night? Because man, I sweated out a huge parlay. It was a SGP same game parlay. And, uh, Basically hit everything on the parlay other than I need Josh Allen to go over 305 passing yards. Um, and then there was like eight minutes left in the game. He had eight yards he needed to go. The Bills get the ball back. He needs like one completion. And I and I hit this. I hit this over. I hit this parlay. Very long odds. And what's he do? He runs the ball for 15 yards. He never throws the ball again in the game. I lose my bet. And uh, week one got off to a little bit of a sour start there. You know, I went 50-50 on my prop picks this week. Um, I missed on Gabe Davis. I didn't think he was going to eclipse 60 yards receiving. I was wrong. Granted, it was on basically three catches. But that's – it is what it is. I don't think that that's going to be something we're going to see all season. I think he had a good game. And then I really thought that Stafford was going to blow over 280 yards passing. Didn't get even close. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it was a uh, kind of a, a dismal performance for Matthew Stafford. But let's start with the positives and look at the Buffalo Bills here. Stephon Diggs. He showed us why he is Stephon Diggs, why he was a second first round pick in a lot of fantasy football drafts. Josh Allen, other than for me, he delivered the man delivered 31 fantasy points for him in, uh, in a standard fantasy league. And then uh, Gabe Davis is Gabe Davis a guy because I mean, we've been talking about Gabe Davis all season long. But he was four for 88 and one touchdown. So Gabe Davis showed up in the first game of the year in a pretty big way. He looks like he might be uh, Josh Allen's downfield threat. He went to him deep uh, that that one throw, and it was beautiful haul in by Davis. Sure. The problem with Gabe Davis is if he's not really open, he's not going to catch the ball. His contested catch rate's awful, and that concerns me. That concerns me that he's if you don't get a big play from Davis, he's not going to be fantasy relevant. He's got to score a touchdown. He's got to score a touchdown. Well, and I, I, I think the one thing that I am, I am op- opportunistic about Gabe or Gabe here is when you look at what Buffalo's doing now without Brian Dable, they're really focusing on yards after the catch, getting these wide receivers in space on the run. That's something Josh Allen's always, you know, never really done for as good of a quarterback as he's been. So. I'm expecting Gabe Davis, like for me going forward, Nate, I got to probably rank him somewhere around wide receiver 24 to wide receiver 30, just about every week. He's a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver for, for me moving forward. Do you counter that at all? No, I think that's an, I think that's accurate. I think that he was just, I, I still think people are overvaluing him. I think people are higher on him than that. I think people are thinking he's going to be somewhere as like a high end wide receiver two. And I just don't think that that's, anywhere near his even his ceiling in this offense but he like you said he's a nice flex player a back end wide receiver too Isaiah McKenzie he was a little disappointed in this one two for 19 and a touchdown however he did have a big drop that led to an interception then we saw Jamison Crowder get involved so kind of a down day for McKenzie we'll see if he can bounce back but as long as Jameson Crowder's still getting some snaps, I don't know how I feel about McKenzie start starting uh, moving forward. He's probably more of a, a, a you know low end bench player. Yeah, and I agree with that. I you know McKenzie was in Denver for a while. He's a, he's talented, but he has an issue with fumbles and he has an issue with dropping the ball, and that's why he didn't stay around in Denver. The less volume for McKenzie is probably going to be better for this offense, less mistakes. And like you said, Jameson Crowder is talented and he's going to get looks and that's going to impact McKenzie. It's not going to impact Davis and it's not going to impact Davis. Yep. Um, Last thing on Buffalo here, Nate, the backfield. I mean, Devin Singletary looked like a dog when he was out there. Devin Singletary rushed very good, eight for 48 for him. Um, However, his ceiling was capped by Zach Moss having six receptions here. Moss was targeted pretty heavily by Josh Allen early on here, Nate. So uh, for me, Zach Moss still looked awful. He might've had six receptions, but it was for 21 yards. He rushed six times for 15 yards. So still an inefficient back. I don't think he deserves to be on this field, but James Cook, one carry, two yards and a fumble. Awful timing for the rookie. It might be a while since we see, since uh, before we see James Cook back out there ripping. You know, this is, I just can't get excited about this running back court. But I just can't because I don't think we're going to – what Devin Singletary did last night, that's probably – this is what we're going to see out of these running backs. I think James Cook does get more involved as the season goes on. 
but I don't think that he's really relevant in redraft format. He's a guy you're stashing in dynasty. You've probably got him on your taxi squad, but I'm not, I'm just, I can't be excited about any of these guys. I mean, Moss, maybe if he has some PPR upside, might be a nice spot play. But outside of that, I just, I can't get on board with any of them. I know you love Devin Singletary, but. I just, he looked good, man. Average six yards per Mm -hmm. carry. It's just, are they going to give him the ball? They look like they're going with more of platoon. We'll see what happens later in the year. Um, But to me, Devin Singletary, he's still a top 36 play for me. RB3 every single week. Um, Before we move forward, I do want to shout out some of the IBT family in here. What's up, Toronto, Dave? Great to see you today. We appreciate you tuning in. We got our boy Griff, one of the IBT members over here. And Dave Fantasy. What's up, Dave? And I even think it's Scott Reinier, um, all the way out in Seattle. So a little bit early for Scott, but we appreciate all you guys tuning in. The first Friday episode of the IBT podcast. If you guys are new here, make sure you hit the, that subscribe button. We, it'll let you know when we go live, what we're doing here at IBT. Nate, we've been uh, sending content very hard this week. Um, we picked up the pace even more from last week when we were already seven days a week. Yeah, but it's a good thing. We love we love we love what we do, and we love doing it. We love bringing it to you guys. I'm just stoked that we've got so much more going on. It's, it's fun in season to be doing all of this and to get it out to the people who need it. Help you guys win your leagues. It's like a like I have like I mean I am sipping on my first beer of the day. I will say that, but like I almost feel like I have a buzz right now, and it's just because like I just love what's happening in the world right now. The weather is cooling down. Football is back. I'm excited to see so many of the IBT family showing up today as well. We appreciate them. Um, but, Nate, let's move forward to the not-so-fun part of last night, and that was the Rams, man. Oh. And, you know, to be blunt, man, the Rams screwed everyone not named Cooper Cup in fantasy last night. Matthew Stafford, I think, is the biggest headline here, though, man. Um, no Whitworth, as you alluded to earlier, he looked like he struggled, uh, sacked, I think, seven or eight times in this one. And uh, just looked inaccurate. The most inaccurate I've probably seen him in a very long time. Nate, are you concerned about Matthew Stafford moving forward? The elbow was obviously an issue coming into the season. No, I'm not. Look, like I said earlier, it was week one. Yep. Yep. And this is an offense. It's a new offense, new offensive coordinator. We, they're still trying to figure out their identity here. I'm not, if we're still here in like three weeks and Stafford is still struggling, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, man. I don't have any Matthew Stafford, but if I did, I think I would obviously like, I'm trying to secure at least someone else all off the waiver wire off free agency who can maybe provide a little upside. If you're in a shallow, shallower league after this week, you could consider Kirk cousins. He's going to have a couple better matchups coming. Um, and even in some like like you know, a little bit of deeper leagues, I think Trevor Lawrence is worth a stash too. Um, but Nate, sticking with his passing game for one minute, Allen Robinson comes out two targets on the night, and this was in a night where Tyler Higby eleven targets. Uh, ben Scrobes, how do you even pronounce his last name? I can't. Suoronic. Okay, like I don't even think my my like mouth can make those words. So we're just gonna call him Benny Benny S. Benny S, six targets. Tyler Higby, uh, five for 39 with 11 targets. That's you know almost what you expect with Tyler Higby. Yeah, I, they're going to figure out the Allen Robinson thing. There's no way that they don't get him really involved. This, I guess it's going to be the Cooper Cup show, but there's always got to be that 1A, and that's going to be Allen Robinson. It'll happen. So you're holding Allen Robinson. You're not panicking. Yes. You're not overreacting. No, it's week one. This is not the time. To, the people who overreact now and make – silly knee-jerk reaction moves with people who lose leagues okay we don't know nate okay i I will start by saying this i have no Allen robinson this year had him last year he burned me i was out but i will say i didn't react fast enough last year when i had Allen robinson and it screwed me down the line like now at least you could get some value for Allen robinson if you want to move off him i don't know man he looked invisible out there It, it literally reminded me exactly of the bears and I don't know, man. You can't bring in sure. a top wide receiver like this and have that happen and still think he's a, a number two option for your fantasy team. I'm out on Allen Robinson. I am selling him for whatever I can get at this point. Perfect. Call that an overreaction, whatever you have want to call it. Have in together because I'll take him. I don't, ha- I don't have him. I don't have many leagues. That's what I'm saying. But, like, I don't know, man. This has been 18 straight games of Allen Robinson being a nobody, and I just don't think I can take this anymore. Look, I hear what you're saying. I get the panic, 
but this is one game on a much better team for Allen Robinson. You can't compare the Bears years to this or even the Jacksonville years. This is a markedly better team. This is the best quarterback he has ever had, and it's not even close. They're going to figure it out. I'm not worried. Nate, always trying to keep me in check. That's why I appreciate you, you my friend. Um, Older and wiser. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Older, wiser. A little more patience. I need that patience. Uh, I'm still in my youth, so I'm a little bit young and gunning out there for it. Um, But, (laughs) Nate, last thing on last night's game here for the Rams, Cam Akers, three carries for zero yards. Daryl Henderson is the one who got the start here. Um, I think this is going to be a frustrating backfield moving forward. I don't think we're really going to know who the guy is. The, The healthier Cam Akers gets, I think just the more stress is going to come as a fantasy manager, whether you roster him or Daryl Henderson. Um, Henderson, 12 PPR points. He looked good. Um, Five for 25 in the receiving game. You do like that as a fantasy manager. Yeah. um, I told you all not to be so excited about Cam Akers. I said it all offseason. This guy's coming off an Achilles tendon tear. If he ever gets back to old form, it's not going to be this season. It probably won't even be next season. Deontay Foreman tore his Achilles tendon in 2017. He just got back on the field and effective in 2021. This is, like you said, this is a frustrating backfield. Henderson has some upside, but outside of Henderson, I mean, who do you? It's not Cam Akers. If if you drafted Daryl Henderson, congratulations. Appreciate you. Yeah, you got him at a good discount. Yeah, yeah, I got him in the double-digit rounds of a lot of drafts. So if you did, congratulations. If you have Cam Akers, you kind of have to hold him at this point. You can't sell a running back that I think you paid that much draft capital for. But when he has a big game, I suggest selling Cam Akers, Nate. Yep, I agree. All right, and let's go ahead, Nate. We're going to move forward. We have a very special guest coming on um, for our matchup management segment. But I want to remind people, again, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we appreciate you. Please subscribe to our channel here at In Between Media. It helps us continue to grow, helps us to continue to bring you great content on a daily basis during the fantasy football season. So, Nate, with that said, man, let's jump into matchup management. All right, and for our guest today of Matchup Management, this is a man that Nate, you and I have become very good friends with in this industry, not just because he's a whiz at the fantasy football analysis, because this guy has a heart of gold. He has his own charity league that he does each and every year raises thousands and thousands of dollars for a bunch of different charities. It's it's not just one. So, uh, Nate, with that being said, man, I would like to bring on our good friend of the show, Eric Romoff. What's up, Eric? What's up, buddy? What's going on, boys? Good to see you today, man. uh, Happy week one. We're here. Yes, we made it. Eric, how did you enjoy the game last night, my friend? I enjoyed the game oh so much. It I mean – Looking at it objectively, it really wasn't the best game in the world. Uh, it was it was actually pretty sloppy. But the yes, fact it that it's back, the fact that the players that most of us expected to do very well immediately stepped up and met those expectations uh, just has me thirsting for the full slate coming on Sunday. I'm ready, baby. I am absolutely ready. We have a loaded college football slate tomorrow, too. So it is not stop here. Um, almost for like the next 18 take 18 weeks, guys, like clear your freaking schedules. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine and he said on Sunday he was going to a Renaissance fair with his wife. And I said, You are a better man than me, my friend, because I could not do that. And this is a guy who loves fantasy football as much as we do. Man, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I um I mean, basically at 7.20 local time, I, I said my farewells to my family, told them that I loved <laughs> them very much, and I'd see them in February. Um, I, I certainly couldn't fit in a Renaissance fair, although those are pretty dope. Like, they're they're a good-ass time going to those fairs. But not you get tuned up season. there? You, you guys get tuned up at Rennie fairs? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, you do. I guess I haven't it's been to one since, I've, since I was of age, honestly. So I, oh, I just yeah. look forward to the turkey leg, man. Yeah. I mean, turkey, turkey leg slams and you're like, you're crushing mead and doing like fake, like medieval accents. It's just, it's a hoot, but that does it. that's, yeah, uh, that does. that's, that's springtime affair. It's football season. 
Absolutely. It is football season, guys. So on matchup management today, Eric has joined us. We're going to break down some of these start sit questions that a lot of people are asking us. If you're new in the chat and you want to ask us some questions as we go along, we will absolutely get to those as well. Um, but guys, let's go ahead and start with the QB section here. And I wrote about a couple different QBs in my start sit in Seth column. And, you know, the one thing I'll say about this is I was not in on the quarterback I said to start um, coming into the season, but the matchup is great. And I loved the quarterback I said to sit, but the matchup was bad. So starting here with Trey Lance, guys, I am firing him up in all my lineups that I have him. He's facing a Chicago team that lost four defensive players and not just anyone. We're talking Akeem Hicks. We're talking uh, Khalil Mack and, and just some game changers over there. Nate, you've heard all offseason. I'm out on the Bears. I think they're absolutely going to be an awful team. And I think Trey Lance, if Debo Samuel is at least healthy, um, he's going to be a top 12 play this week. He's got that rushing upside. Are you in on Lance too, my friend? Yeah, this week. I think this is a good week. He's playing a putrid Bears team. This is best case scenario for his first start in his first full season as a starter. He gets to ease in against basically a high school defense. That's probably really good for him. Um, I think they'll keep the ball on the ground. This game is going to be boring because it's going to be a rushing affair between these two teams. But I think Lance will make it exciting. I think his rushing upside, yeah. I've been on him this week, this week, all season, this week. Eric, are you willing to rip the Band-Aid off of Trey Lance and really what's his debut start as, you know, the Niners guy moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. In my... Starts it column over at drrotor.com. He was one of my starts. Um, the the game itself might not be the most exciting matchup, but I do think that Trey Lance will be electric in this game. And you look at his matchup against Chicago, this is a team that allowed the sixth most points, fantasy points, to opposing quarterbacks last season and tied with the second most rushing touchdowns allowed to opposing quarterbacks. And that was before they lost several all-pro players on their defenses, mm-hmm. on their defense. So this is very much so... A, a primed matchup. I do agree with Nate that it's going to be much more of a rushing affair, but fortunately that is an area of strength for Trey Lance. So he's number seven on my ranks this week. Okay. Okay. Eric is buying into the upside of the young quarterback there out in San Francisco. Now let's move forward to one of the quarterbacks. I said to sit this week in my start sit in Seth column, and that's Kirk Cousins. And guys, I love Kirk Cousins this year. I think he's going to be a borderline top 12 QB, a QB1 once again here in 2022. However, he starts with the Packers this week. And, you know, I do a lot of Packers work. I follow the Packers pretty closely because of some of my clients. And it's no surprise. They have Eric Stokes, they have Rasul Douglas, and they have Jair Alexander, possibly the best cornerback trio in the entire NFL. With that said, I don't think I can start Kirk Cousins here in week one. I mean, those guys are absolutely game changers in the Packers secondary. Eric, are you afraid to just uh, put up Kirk Dizzler as well this week? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, like I'm never going to feel great about firing up <laughs> Kirk Cousins, right? Like he's he's just it's Kirk not Cousins. sexy. Yeah, like he's he's better than a lot of alternatives, but he's worse than a lot of players too. And I think the the thing for me that makes it more of a practical consideration, and unless things really went sideways in your draft. You didn't draft Kirk Cousins as your QB1, right? So you very likely have several, yes, if not multiple better options on your uh, on your team and potentially on your waiver wire. Um, so, you know, for that reason, like the, this this cornerback trio is absolutely gut-wrenching for opposing opposing QBs. And because you likely have better alternatives, I'll, I'll pass on old, uh, old Kirky. Nate, I, I know I don't have to ask you twice to bench Kirk Cousins, my friend. Look, I feel – I've – I have apologized for hating on Kirk Cousins because I actually like him this year, but this is just a matchup that's a nightmare for fantasy. I, I can't get on board with Kirk Cousins um, this week. All right, guys. Well, it looks like I did my research in the quarterback department. A couple other starts I like that, that I'll throw out there that we've talked about this week already. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I really like the matchup for Trevor Lawrence here. I think he has a good group of wide receivers. He's a little more mobile than people think. I don't think he's a top 12 guy this week, but – if I need to, I would probably consider uh, Trevor Lawrence over Kirk Dizzler, possibly. Maybe. Nate's a little squeamish. <laughs> Nate's a little squeamish. I, little, I, little. I, I like that call over over Kirk specifically. Okay. And I, okay. I like that. I like that game in particular. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have way too much exposure to 
the Washington Commanders and the Jacksonville Jaguars in my DFS builds this week. Um, I'm a big fan of Matt Ryan against Houston this week. I think that that's a beautiful matchup for Ryan. That is a good matchup, Nate. They got a very young secondary there. Derek Stingley Jr., of course, coming over in the draft. Um, But, you know, still got some learning to do for him. So I agree. I like that. Eric, any other quarterback plays that you were absolutely on this week or absolutely off this week that we should know about? Uh, Really the one that I just mentioned. I am not opposed to streaming Carson Wentz this week. A very favorable matchup. He throws the ball down the field fairly accurately. That is something that Terry McLaurin – uh, does very well. He gets open deep. So uh, like him as a bit of an upside play. Man, okay. I don't, I, I don't it's think gross, like, but I don't hate it. It is very gross, but like I understand the rationale there, Eric. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I think I've always been a Carson Wentz hater, so I think I'd have to like jump off a bridge before I'd start him in week one here. But <laughs> I, I understand. I understand the appeal of that game. Eric's finding some value in it. Guys, let's go ahead and move forward to some running backs. And we're just going to get this out of the way because if you've listened to this podcast at all this offseason, probably even when Eric's been on, um, I've been hyping up A.J. Dillon all offseason. And I don't get looking at some uh, – and, Nate, you and I, we're both very thankful to be at Fantasy Pros. We love those guys as colleagues. But I don't know what the rankers there are doing. I don't know what the rankers are doing at ESPN and on Sleeper because A.J. Dillon's outside the top 30 of most running back boards – And I think in a Vikings matchup where the Packers don't have a lot of options, Alan Lazard might not be ready to go. This entire receiving core is an absolute question mark. I think A.J. Dillon's going to see the ball 15-plus times. I think Mm -hmm. he's a very capable flex, low-end RB2 this week that should be in lineups. Well, I think it's interesting is that right now, for the Fantasy Pros ECR rankings for week one, He's sitting at running back 22, and I still think that's too low. They've got him behind Rashad Penny, Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, Antonio Gibson. These are guys that he is going to outperform this week. Yeah, I generally agree with that list. Maybe not with regard to Penny specifically, because it seems like we're gonna they're going to be without Ken Walker. But um, generally speaking, I do like him above really just about everybody else on that list. And for this game in particular – it's got a decent little total floating around, you know, 47, 47 and yep. a half points. And it's supposed to be close specifically. And this is this is some uh, this is some galaxy brain stuff with all of the injuries to the wide receiver core. I think that we're going to see a lot of Aaron Jones as a pass catcher. So when yep. they are running in this close game, it should be more A.J. Dillon. I don't think this will be representative of how they deploy uh, their pieces, their staff in a in a typical scenario but while they're while they're so stunted on the wide receiver side i really think the the actual carries between the tackles are going to be all aj dillon's this week all right i agree these guys are with me they think aj dillon's going to feed and should be in your lineups here in week one guys let's move forward to the jets running backs and this is a very interesting situation here michael carter is listed as the starter as the team travels to face or excuse me their home against baltimore this week um, but are you guys playing Michael Carter? Are you playing Brees Hall? Because Baltimore was a team last year. They limited running backs to about 1,200 yards for the entire season. That was bottom five in the league. So they're a pretty good defense against RBs. At least they were last season. They're bringing a lot of the same guys back here. I can't stomach to, to start Michael Carter here. I have Brees Hall in enough leagues that I think I have to throw him out just because he's a game changer. Um, Nate, Eric, what do you guys say we do here with the Jets running backs? I've been on them all offseason, so I think I'm a little biased here coming on the frisky Jets, Nate, but uh, I think I want to start Brees and not Carter. I, I'm with you because it's Flacco this week. Flacco doesn't need Michael Carter to be that safety blanket wide receiver. <clears throat> um, Flacco can spread the ball out effectively. He did it in camp. Oddly, I think this is a better team with Joe Flacco at quarterback, and I think that benefits Brees Hall. I think they'll lean on Hall to run the ball a little bit more than they might with Wilson, and that's good. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity. I'm okay with starting Brees Hall. Michael Carter, probably not this week. Yeah, in, in terms of the the side-by-side, I mean, I would, I would much rather start Brees Hall, but for week one, I would prefer not to start either. Um, this is an absolute – uh, gut punch of a matchup. It's something It's something that's going to be very tough for them to get anything going on the ground. Yes, Flacco should be a bit more effective at you know moving the chains and, and keeping the offense rolling forward than uh, Zach Wilson, or at least an injured Zach Wilson. Um, but ultimately, there's just a lot of question marks swirling around 
how they're going to deploy these two, how effective they'll be as an offense. And so it, it really feels like an avoid for me. The tricky thing, and this is kind of what you were alluding to, Seth, you, you sort of drafted Brees Hall to where he's probably got to be in your starting lineup. So right. if you're in that position, it's certainly Hall of the two, but I, I would not feel good about being in that circumstance. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way week one's going, guys. Injuries, they've all already kind of raveled some lineups where right. we have to start guys like Brees Hall this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some questions in the chat that I want to get to, though. Um, one referring to Brees Hall. Uh, here we have Trey. Trey, thanks for tuning in tonight. We appreciate you, man. Um, full PPR flex, Brees Hall, Michael Thomas, Damian Harris, or Jerry Judy. This one's a slam dunk for me. Um, Eric, I don't think you have any bias towards the Broncos or Jerry Judy, though. So I want to kick this one off with you. Who are you starting out of this bench for him, uh, for Trey here? Full PPR flex. It sounded like you were coming to me for an opposing point of view, and you will not get it. Jerry (laughs) Judy is the correct answer. Uh, Yes, sir. the, the, The next man up for me would actually be Michael Thomas, but there's still some question marks about, uh, you know, just how healthy he will be and how he'll be utilized in this new look offense. So I'll go with the sure thing and the upside that Judy offers up. I agree. Yeah, I I love it. Monday night football. I want to see Jerry Judy do what he does best. Um, We also have a question here from Ho-Ho. Half PPR, start Gibson or Waddle at flex? I'm going to say it depends what you want here, but Waddle obviously is probably the safer play. Antonio Gibson, we've kind of been going on all offseason about, I mean, Nate loves J.D. McKissick. He's got a poster probably mm-hmm. behind him right now. Probably got, his, probably got J.D. McKissick underwear underneath. That's how much Nate loves that guy. Jeez. Um, but I just think I just think in a matchup here where I do expect Washington to be having to put up points that they're going to be rolling McKissick out there in some more passing situations. Waddle's a little banged up, but he is expected to go here. And I just think the Dolphins are going to come out firing here in week one. Eric, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is really one of those like floor play decisions, right? Uh, I don't think either of these guys are going to kind of break the week for you. For for me, it's it's Jalen Waddell. Um, there are just so many signals and overtures that the the commanders are are done with Gibson. Obviously, their circumstance sort of changed to where they have to consider him to some extent. But if you if you think about the amount of, of targets that he was peppered with last year. If you if you see all of those camp videos coming out of Miami where Tua is underthrowing Tyree Kill, oftentimes Jalen Waddle is running uncovered over the middle. And so yes, I sir. do think he'll get a decent amount of catches and should offer a pretty solid floor in week one. Nate, you I mean, you know what I, you know what I, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. It's never Antonio Gibson. Yeah. It Net never was. <laughs> that needs to be the shirt for Nate. We, we got to get on soon. Um, we got another question here from our guy, Deshaun Bogan. What's up, Deshaun? Appreciate you tuning in today. Full PPR flex, Michael Thomas, Rashad Penny, or David Montgomery. Oh man, this is a tough one. This is a pretty, Not really. pretty tough one. Okay, Nate, go ahead and take it, man. Cause no, I, I got to think about this one. It's Rashad Penny because we don't know enough about how healthy Michael Thomas is or how he's going to be used as Eric alluded to. And David Montgomery, he's like RB two in that offense behind Justin Fields with Khalil Herbert, like nipping at his heels. Rashad Penny's a guy that's going to probably get the most volume, even though we're hearing that Travis Homer might be a little bit more involved in that run game on Monday night. But I think it's Rashad Penny here. Eric, you you've been kind of hot on Penny all week. So are you following Nate's lead here? Yeah, yeah, sweep it for me. Um, just a far clearer picture on on how they will use him, assuming that Ken Walker is going to be out, which all indications are he should be. Um, and in this offense in particular, the, the, the Broncos' D was very good at aggressively pursuing uh, opposing running backs, and the easiest way to counterpunch to that is to throw to those running backs out of the backfield. So I do think we see him stack up a couple of catches as well. I personally would probably have to go David Montgomery, but I completely agree with you guys, and I think it's very close. These are all solid options. Michael Thomas, I just don't think it's worth the risk here in week one if you have two options like Montgomery and Rashad Penny here. I just think maybe the Seahawks trail a little more than people are thinking, and maybe it's Rashad Penny who isn't catching the passes, and it's more of Travis Homer. Dave Montgomery, though, I think is the pass catching back for the Bears and that he could see some volume here in that aspect if they are trailing the 49ers, which I expect them to be. So I would go Montgomery here, but I completely understand. Um, Eric and Nate, though, are telling Deshaun, go ahead and fire up Rashad Penny here in week one. 
And guys, I am seeing some new faces in the chat today, which is absolutely outstanding. We appreciate all you guys. If this is your first time at the IBT Media YouTube channel, please consider subscribing. We have content coming for you here and at our website, inbetweenmedia.com, seven days a week. Um, and, and here's a question from our guy, Albert. Albert's a very loyal loyal listener. We appreciate you, Albert. Would you start Hall or Edmonds, full PPR? And I think down the line, I would definitely roll Hall. But in this matchup, we kind of talked about it. It's a little bit scary with the Ravens. Carter is slated to be the starter. So uh, with that said, I got to roll Edmonds here in week one against the Pats. Yeah, I agree, especially because Miami has just had New England's number for the last couple of seasons, and I think that continues again here. And I think Edmonds will – Edmonds is probably the higher ceiling of the two. Awesome. Let's sweep it. I'm, I'm going Edmonds overall as well. Okay, okay. It looks like Ho-Ho has one more question for us, guys. In a full PPR, would you start Sutton, Waddle, or Elijah Moore at wide receiver two? I have Russ at QB and played Cup wide receiver one last night. First of all, Ho-Ho, congratulations on Cooper Cup last night. That's great to hear that. Um, To me, it's a slam dunk on Sutton. I mean, if you can get a guy who's tied to a great quarterback, your quarterback as well, get that stack going on Monday night. You're going to feel really good with it. Waddle, we like Waddle. We talked about it, but he is a little banged up. And Elijah Moore here in week one against the Ravens. I'm good on that one as well. So uh, it, this is an easy Cortland Sutton for me. Nate, are you uh, taking your Broncos stand here? Oh, yeah, it's an easy Sutton. Same reasons you said. Like It's not even a question. Okay. Eric? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's keep the sweeps going. Specifically with with such a with such a, a cushion coming out of the Thursday night game, I love having the hammer, and not only that, but the stacked hammer for Monday night. Um, you you should be able to to ride into Monday night with uh, a lot of excitement and, and really with your with your destiny in your own hands. So I'll go with Sutton. Let's ride, baby. Let's ride. Let's Eric is riding with Sutton and Russell Wilson there. Another one from Deshaun. Start Dak or Joe Burrow. This is a good one. This is a good one for, for me, though. I, I just think I have to probably roll Joe Burrow out there. I think the upside is a little bit bigger. Dak's probably the safer floor. Um, but I think Joe Burrow against a Steelers secondary that is not proven. Yes, the Steelers have Minka Fitzpatrick. Yes, they have uh, TJ Watt over there in the Berg. But uh, they don't have Joe Hayden out there anymore. These cornerbacks are very inexperienced. I think Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and the fellas, I think they make quick work of this one. It's easily Joe Burrow for me. Yeah, I think it's Burrow for me. It's a little bit closer. I love Dak Prescott. But if I'm choosing between the two this week, it's going to be Burrow. Okay. Man, we're, uh, we're keeping the consensus going. It's certainly Burrow for me. Um, the, the thing that I'm most excited to see heading into the season is how he performs behind this improved offensive line. Yes. The Pittsburgh Steeler defense is historically tough, but I do think that they've, they've, uh, armed up on that, uh, on that interior line enough to where he should be able to have enough time to distribute the ball. Toronto Dave saying IBT family, let's ride. And then we have Scott, IBT country, let's ride. I love that, man. I love riding in with you guys. Um, We are going to jump over to our next segment here in just a minute. We have another guest coming on. That's going to be absolutely wonderful. Um, But Eric, before we let you go, I did want to get your opinion on one situation that is trending out there, and that's George Kittle. He pulled his groin on Monday. Can you risk playing Kittle here in week one if he goes? Um, You know, there's a lot of tight ends out there on your waivers here early in the season. Not a lot of people rostering two tight ends. What do you do with Kittle if you have him, Eric? Yeah, I mean, it seems like all indications are that Kittle is not going to be available. So I'm very much so making contingency plans. Um, You know, fortunately, if you don't have one of the top kind of five tight ends out there, you generally have the rest of the pool and that yeah. can can score in, in kind of a, a comparable way. So it's it's really a matter of identifying who you think is going to have the best touchdown opportunity. Um, so for me, that's that's a guy like Cole Komet. Um, this is a game where they should be trailing. This is a team and a system where he was their second target last year. He had 93 targets in this offense. Didn't find his way into the end zone, so maybe a little positive touchdown regression would make for a fine replacement job for an injured George Kittle. You know, you can't, I you love can't everything you said. Show. You can't come on this show and start spreading cold commit love once again, Eric. The only you reason Nate, why I'm here. You guys have been, I mean, I, I've been attacked by cold commit truthers, not only on Twitter, 
His mom, like, like, I put out a post on Instagram about Cole Komet. His mom was liking the post, and then I requested to follow her, and she won't let us follow her. So, Cole Komet's oh, mom, man. you can go F yourself, too, right along with Cole Komet. Whoa! No offense, guys, but uh, uh, <coughs> Cole Komet, I, I, I like the play, but, you know, his mom I can't believe we him. ever let you into the Cole Komet club. Yeah, I, I apologize. <sighs> I, I, I did not mean to accidentally found that club, but it, it is what happened. I hope um, Cooper's guys, not watching. <laughs> we got a comment here mom, from like, scrolling through Instagram looking for posts about Colcom. <laughs> <laughs> we we got a oh, uh, yeah boy. yeah. You can tell she's a little conceited too. Just looking up her son on Instagram. Sorry, and it was actually a sit. I actually said to not draft him, so you know it was some hate. So I understand if she doesn't want to follow mm. us or uh, you know allow us to follow her. That's cool, Miss Comet. We'll be back for you. Don't worry about it. Um, Dustin, you're ready. we appreciate the love here in the comments. Loving the show today. We hope you subscribe and come back. We're here every Friday, 1.30. And then Tuesday nights, we're back with you as well at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, looks. Oh, man, the, the chat is popping here. Better watch your mouth about Komet's mom. Zach Wilson will find you. I love that. <laughs> Eric, before we let you out of here, my friend, how can we best support you and your efforts here in the fantasy football industry? Yeah, the easiest way to do it, I'm realizing that I've got an old tag on there. Um, my personal Twitter is at FantasyNav. One of the projects that I love spending my time on is Green Screens Media. So that is what is at Get Green Screens. Um, but I am all over the place. You can find my work at Going for Two, at DrRoto.com, at Football Diehards. But all of that will merge and roll up into my personal Twitter, which is at FantasyNav. Fantastic. Eric, well, thank you so much for joining us today, man. It has been a pleasure. We have Ryan Weiss right on the other side with some sure things, sleepers of the week. Eric, thank you so much for everything you do for this community. Have a great week one, my friend. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks, boys. Always fun. All right. And let's go ahead and jump into some sure things, sleepers of the week, baby. It's the sure thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, and for sure things, sleepers of the week, this is our version of bringing you some sneaky plays of guys, end of bench, uh, on your waiver wire, whatever it may be. And for this, we have a very special person coming on, someone who has become a friend of mine, a colleague in this industry, someone who is really the backbone of Club Fantasy FFL. They do great work over there um, and a member of the Football Guys team as well. So with no other further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Ryan Weiss. What's up, Ryan? Thanks for joining us tonight, man. What's up, boys? What's up, Thanks man? for having me. Absolutely, man. Is that show's been great so far. Name? You Thank killed you, it. Is that- it. it- it's Weiss. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I, I, like, I Come on, names. Seth. No offense. The second I, name you've gotten wrong today. I know. I, I, I'm i really bad with like, the EIs or the IEs. Like Adam Thielen, I can't even spell for, for whatever reason. I say, let's be clear. If you look at my name, it shouldn't sound the way it sounds. So I feel like we just make things up at this point. And I mean, all words are made up. So it all works out in the long run. So. Absolutely. Ryan, how did you enjoy last night's game? And are you ready for this weekend, my friend? Well, as a prominent Cam Akers doubter, I, I enjoyed much of last night's game. Yes, um, unfortunately, none of my bets hit, so it was a little bit of a rough <laughs> Thursday night, and Allen Robinson let me down. So I don't know. All in all, it's obviously great to have football back. My goodness, is Josh Allen going to be a problem this season? But of course I enjoyed the game. It was, it was football again. <laughs> Ryan, how about this? I was eight yards short of hitting a massive parlay, eight yards short on passing from Josh Allen of hitting a massive parlay, would have cashed out. I think it was like plus 1,200 odds. And he had the ball. I told Nate about this earlier. He had the ball on that like second to last drive for them, and he ran it. And he had, he had someone wide open. So wow. you know, I feel your pain, my friend. I, feel I, had, pain. Uh, I, I was an Allen Robinson away. I don't even know what the plus 12 was or what the plus was on it, but I had uh, McKenzie scoring, Dig scoring, Cup scoring, Ooh. Robinson scoring, and both quarterbacks over 200 yards. It was a decent payout, and Robinson not scoring was the only thing that blew it. So thanks, A-Rob. It's not like I drafted you everywhere this season. Right. <laughs> Before we get into the the sleepers, I have to throw my two cents in here to let you know, Seth, you are not alone. I am a full-fledged member, if not president, of the Cole Komet Hate Club. Thank you, um, my friend. Literally had to change my screen name before I got on with you guys because my good friend Kira Wytrowski 
had dubbed me the Grinch that stole Commitmus, and that was actually my screen name for the last show I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the Commit hate's been real over here, and I know Josh, your 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 co-founder, he was actually one of the 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 guys who stuck up for me on Twitter. I'm getting buried by Cole Commit commit haters and josh is the one guy who comes in hey if oh, he our show five touchdowns last year you know he's still tight end 14 so yeah, uh our, sh- our show has been <laughs> pushing that train down the tracks for as long as we can so well, ryan what's up with you guys at club ffl man i'm sure it's a busy time for you guys are you getting back into the role of things as we get started here yeah, to be honest, it, it came pretty naturally. I think everybody was eager to get back to work. So we're, we're, we typically try to do an article a day. I do the editing and it, it's worked out really well that we've had the articles ready to rock in the morning. We typically drop them at 11 weekly rankings this year. Everything's going very, very smoothly. So I, I probably shouldn't say those words out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, we appreciate the hard work you guys do over there, Women's of Fantasy Football, and, and everything you guys are doing over on the YouTube channel. If you guys aren't following Ryan, make sure you do at the Fantasy Five, and to make sure if you're on YouTube as well, go over to Club Fantasy FFL. Keep this tab open as well, but open up a new tab. Go to Club Fantasy FFL. Subscribe to them. They got great content coming out multiple times a week as well. Um, Ryan, are you juiced up for the weekend, dude? Because I cannot wait. College football has been enough for me, and now we get pro football. And I'm not a college football guy at all. Like could okay. not care less. People describe like things that happen in the games to me. And I'm just like, my eyes are rolling back in my head. Give me all the pro football all the time. So yes, Sunday at one o'clock Eastern cannot get here fast enough for me. Ryan, I'm with you. I used to love it, but like, I just, the NFL is key. So I have also- to ask, did you play the college football video game? And did your love go away when the game went away? Because that is how I'm feeling. Like it was about 2014 Ooh. where I just stopped caring about college football. Oh, the last time I played a college football video game was 2004. Okay, so, I was about to say, yeah. it's been a long time. Okay, see, because I had a theory on that that because the new game is coming out next year, and I'm like, maybe I'll actually care again. So maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> I cannot wait for that game to be honest. Madden oh, just hasn't really updated enough for me, and like. I don't think I appreciated those games as much as I, as much as I should have when they are around. We would play that game a lot, but we played way more Madden than NCAA, and there's definitely a mistake looking back. Yeah, a hundred percent. We even have Dave in the chat saying he's playing yeah. NCAA 14 right now. Fact, no. I still have my, mine is literally in my PlayStation right now. So <laughs> there we go. There we go, Ryan. Well, let's go ahead and jump into some short things sleepers of the week with you this week, my friend. Um, who is your sleeper of the week? And, you know, it's been a crazy, crazy ride already. People might be in some holes coming out of week or coming out of the Thursday night football game. So what are you yeah. doing here um, with your short thing sleeper of the week heading into the weekend? I actually wouldn't approach what you said first is people might be in some holes coming out, especially the folks that are facing Cooper cup. And I'm seeing some people make some very like rash decisions and getting super nervous It's week one. Let's not panic after a great Thursday night game. You shouldn't have expected Cooper Cup to dud. So you your matchup was your matchup was your matchup. But what you're looking for is touchdown upside. And I do believe Nico Collins gives you that touchdown upside. So he is my deep sleeper. He's a guy that I added to the very end of my bench in just about every draft, a ton of my underdog best ball leagues. And when you look at Nico Collins last year, he was a dud for most of the season. However, in week six against Indianapolis, before he kind of popped, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but in week six, he went for four catches for 44 yards. Not a great game, but not a bad game. But for someone who is looking to develop, that's actually a nice little starting point. He got very quiet after that, and in week 13, had no catches on one target against Indianapolis. The differences in those two games are they threw the ball 43 times in the first game. They only threw it 27 in the second game because they were trying to work Terod Taylor back into the offense. And clearly that wasn't a fitting move where this is now Davis Mills time. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. They're seven and a half point underdogs. And right now you're going to see Stefan Gilmore. I imagine following Brandon cooks everywhere. So Nico Collins gets the second corner in a game where they're not going to be able to run and have to throw a lot. I think this could end up being a very nice game for him. Six catches, 80 yards, a touchdown, pretty easy. Not bad for a flex play. Yeah, I'm with, you, I'm with you, Ryan. I really I like Nico Collins. Seth knows how much I like Nico Collins. <clears throat> but I think that the situation with Davis Mills is specifically this week, like you alluded to, they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. Yeah, seven-point underdogs. Nico Collins is a guy who's probably going to grab a touchdown this week, if not two. 
Yeah. yeah. If you look at the expected totals, they're expected to score 19 points, which lends itself to two touchdowns. So it's just a question of, is Brandon Cooks going to be able to get by Stefan Gilmore? Otherwise, it could be two to Nico Collins. Yep. Look out for Brevin Jordan in this one, too. Obviously not in lines, but, you know, someone who might be sneaky if you want to throw him at the end of one of your, you know, full PPR, deeper uh, tight end premium benches. Um, but, Ryan, I like that call, man. You know, I, I haven't really been on the Nico train, but – I, I'm off. I'm off the Damian Pierce train this week. So, you know, lends it to that narrative. I think they're going to have to pass when you have Leonard and all the beasts they have up front there um, for the Colts. I think that that's the only way you get around them is picking on, you know, the latter corners in their secondary. Yeah, it's a rough week one for these high hype rookie running backs. You you guys were just talking about Brees Hall not that long ago yep. um, with Eric. So you have Brees Hall going up against a pretty stout Baltimore defense, not even technically his own team starter. And Damian Pierce still needing to prove himself, but he's going up against a very good defense. My number one defense in fantasy for the season and for the week. And it's a game where his team's not going to be able to run the ball very much. Yep. All right. Nate, why don't you go ahead with your sure thing sleeper of the week now? Um, man, I mean, I honestly feel like I'm ripping out some of these guys in week one, which feels very sad to say, but I got a lot of Chris Godwin. I got Kittle a lot of places. Like, I need upside. So so these sleepers are going to be very valuable, not even just to our audience, but to me as well. So, uh, Nate, why don't you take it away, my friend? So this is a player, Randall Cobb, which you get the name out of the way here. Look, we all know that Aaron Rodgers loves familiarity, right? It took Devontae Adams two seasons to pop. Alan Lazard is probably in line to be the wide receiver one over most of the season if he's healthy. However, Randall Cobb, he kind of started, Devontae Adams was out week eight last season. Cobb got his first opportunity to actually kind of get involved in the offense. Played so well that when Devontae Adams came back, he was still a big part of that offense until he got hurt. Now, why wouldn't that carry over into the season? And nobody's talking about him. Right now, he's wide receiver 81 fantasy pros ecr rankings he's probably on the waiver wire still I yeah I think he's he hasn't a, been picked up i think he's available in about 90 percent of espn leagues right now is what we looked at last yeah, night i think he's 95 percent because i think he's i think he's rostered in five percent this is a great ad that will pay off will likely pay off this week but this can pay off down the road too if he plays well why wouldn't Cobb be heavily involved in this passing game and, you know, Alan Zard being out, well, we don't know if he's out, but he, he he hasn't practiced all week. So so I'm expecting him at least to be limited here on Sunday. So I definitely agree with you there, Nate. Romeo Dobbs, he's kind of interesting. Christian Watson are interesting, but maybe not in their first get up, you know, as rookies. Can you really trust them with Aaron Rodgers? Ryan, you don't seem like, like you trust either one of those guys. Yeah, I was down on rookies with Rodgers. I bought into that narrative. But then if you go back and look at Cobb, I was very high on the Cobb was going to lead this team train before I actually dug into Alan Lazard a little bit. And I and I am back with Alan Lazard at this point. But Cobb over like his last six games played last year was averaging almost four targets a game. And that was with Devontae Adams and wide receiver competition. You're going up against a Vikings defense, which does one thing very well, and that is rush the passer. And it got better with that this year. They're switching to the 3-4. Daniel Hunter's going to a rush linebacker spot, and they brought in the kid from Green Bay whose name I can't think of right now. But anyway, they focused on the pass rush. Their corners are still bad. And so Aaron Rodgers needs to get rid of that ball quickly, and that is going to benefit Aaron Jones in the passing game, and it is Mm -hmm. certainly going to benefit Randall Cobb, who knows Aaron Rodgers, knows this offense better than any other wide receiver and flourishes on the short and intermediate routes. I like this, man. Nate, you came to play in week one this year, man. Last year, like week two or three, Nate was traveling. Nate was like doing all this stuff and you're buckling down, my friend. You're ready to go. Yeah, I'm not going to Mexico anytime soon. (laughs) Things change when you have a kid who's in actual school. That's true. We can't can't just leave anymore because he's in kindergarten. So that that is true, my friend. Well, guys, I will round us out here with uh, my sure thing sleeper of the week. If there are any any more questions in the chat as well for week one, please feel free to drop those. We'll try to address those as we close out the show. Um, But my sure thing sleeper of the week, this has to do with what games I want to be involved with. And I want to be involved with the highest over under on the Vegas slate. And uh, that that is none other than the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cardinals. So my sure thing, sleeper of the week, 34-year-old AJ mother effing <laughs> green boys. I'm dialing it back. I'm throwing it back to 2018 when green was a stud. No, I, but in all honesty, guys, this, like I said, it's a game I want to be a part of. 
We don't know the health of Rondale Moore. He just got another hamstring injury yesterday, went under MRI. So I'm not expecting Rondale to probably play in this one. Zach Ertz did not practice yesterday, too, dealing with a calf strain. So right now, A.J. Green looks like he's going to be the number two option for the Cardinals. Obviously, no D-hop in this one as well. Um, and they have a very, very thin wide receiver room. They got like, oh, man, the Andy Isabella and a couple other burners, but no one's solid. And last season, when, uh, when when Green saw six-plus targets, he he hit double-digit fantasy points in nine of 11 contests. So that's what I'm looking for out of A.J. Green. I think he has touchdown equity here. I'm probably going to be also placing like an anytime touchdown score on him too, just because I am that confident in him this week. Um, but A.J. Green, boys, there you have it. I'm going with the savvy vet here in week one. I mean, it makes sense to me. They're going to have to use him. They don't really have much of a choice if they're going to throw the ball at all. And he's probably a good target for Murray. I mean, long-term, no, A.J. Green isn't a solution to anything. But this week, he's probably a really solid play. He's the only one on that offense who really does what he does. Marquise Brown is a completely different player. If Rondale Moore plays, he's not that type of player. He's more of a short and intermediate route guy. And we still don't even know what Andy Isabella is except for a bust. Um, But A.J. Green is your contested catch guy. And more importantly, the system you have to imagine they're installing is a system that is going to benefit DeAndre Hopkins when he comes back. Well, in that system, A.J. Green is the only one who can fill in for DeAndre Hopkins. So there's no reason not to expect for these six weeks with no DeAndre Hopkins. And then as you brought up, everybody else hurt. A.J. Green might lead the team in targets, depending on how much attention is going to go to Marquise Brown. And an anytime touchdown bet feels fantastic because like you have already hit on, it's the highest over under. If this isn't one yeah. of the higher scoring games of the season, even this is going to be a huge <laughs> disappointment, but you have Kyler and Mahomes, both who have something to prove. Now this is going to be a, a nuts game. And AJ green is your cheapest entry point into this. game. Yeah. I mean, he's rostered right now in just about 10% of ESPN leagues. I expect if Rondale Zachers are out, that number will go up over the weekend, but now's the time go grab AJ green. Throw him at the end of your bench because if you have someone like Chris Godwin, Alan Lazard, someone you're trying to pivot away from, take AJ Green. I think he's going to be a really nice play this week. Um, you know, Connor and I will talk more about it on uh, Sunday morning, but he's probably going to be in some DFS lines for us as well. Um, I can't believe this is week one of already, you know, 2022. We're talking it. Randall Cobb, Nico Collins, and AJ <laughs> Green as guys who there'll be at least a couple of these fellows will be in my lineups this week. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be much choice, to be perfectly honest. I'll tell you right now, I wish I started Nico Collins over Allen Robinson, but hindsight's 2020. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Hindsight is 2020, my friend. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you joining us today. Can you tell us where we can find your work and how we can best support you and your crew over there at Club Fantasy FFL? I was going to say my, my ads in the description at the fantasy five. I, I actually just posted this on Twitter uh, the other day. I'm a big retweeter of other people's work. I do a lot of background editing. I do a couple of my own articles. I do like contribution articles over at football guys, but more importantly, I like supporting all of the other really great people in this industry. I, I have a lot of time to take in people's content and I retweet really good content. Um, but it'd be way more important to me that you follow Club Fantasy at Club Fantasy FFL and way more important to probably everyone in the world. Follow women of fantasy football, women yes, of sir. underscore FF. So many great things that Faith and Kelly Singh are doing over there. If you guys didn't see it, we just had um, Dave's Daughters, the Sneaky Girls on last yes, night sir. for their first yes, ever sir. start sit show. It was absolutely fantastic. It's only going to get better. Um, just the type of things that we're trying to partner with, you know, Laura Oakman's galvanize and just promote women in this industry and show everybody that you don't need to be a jerk. So. Dude, I mean, that that is great work over there. We are very proud of Club Fantasy FFL to be friends of your guys' company. Yes. Kelly Singh, she's one of our members here at IBT Media, so we appreciate her work. And the Sneaky Girls, man. Dave Fantasy's over here tearing it up every week <laughs> with his column. Um, so we appreciate you guys getting those girls on, promoting the women of fantasy football with Galvanize, everything you guys are doing over there. Step one, follow Ryan on Twitter. Step two, go over to their YouTube page, Fall Club Fantasy FFL, and reap the benefits, guys. Ryan, we cannot thank you enough, my friend. Good luck this week. We hope you recover from your Allen Robinson play, my friend. I, I better, or else I'm going to get lynched on Twitter as well because I told everyone to go get him. So. <laughs> well, guys, we Vince, will be have back. A great one. 
We will be back here on Tuesday night. Nate and I, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time is our first podcast episode of the week. Jen will be back with us as well. I'm looking forward to seeing Nate's wonderful wife on with us. Um, and, and on a Sunday mornings, you can catch us at 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. Connor and I are going to be on here. We're going to be talking bets. We're going to be talking DFS. And uh, before that, I believe at 11 o'clock, Ryan, you, you guys have a DFS show as well over at Club Fantasy? Absolutely. I host a show with Kira Wytrowski, who is one of the, uh, or the cash game expert over at the new 33rd team with uh, Josh Markey mm-hmm. and Jordan Vanek over there. Um, but she is still going to be working with us on DFS and chill. We're going on at 11 and we are actually trying to streamline our show. So it's going to work out perfectly so that we should be ending as you guys are starting. And we'll just Perfect. have you guys covered from every angle on Sunday morning. Yes. Yeah. So guys start your Sunday mornings with Ryan and uh, Kira over there at club fantasy FFL at 11 come over here with Connor and I around 1130 ish or so. Um, we got food, we got drinks. We're gonna have a, a really fun show. Um, Nate, what do you got going on this weekend, man? And anything else that we should know about? No kids, birthday parties every weekend. Okay. Our kids birthday party is tomorrow. So how old is Jack now? To... What? Six. We looking at six now? Five, five, five. Okay. Okay. He's fine. Okay. He's the youngest kid in his kindergarten class. There so. we go. There my, we go. My son was the exact same way. He was born on August 25th, but was the yeah. youngest as well. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, shout out to Jackson. We hope you have a great rest of your day at kindergarten, buddy. Happy birthday to you. To everyone who tuned in tonight, today. Thank you guys so much. It's been an absolute blast. Nate, thank you for riding shotgun with me, my friend. And we'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, guys, keep it in between and enjoy the weekend. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 